You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Cricket Roundup. In this episode of Cricket Roundup, we talk about the ICC World Test Championship, ICC T20 World Cup qualifiers in Zimbabwe, England versus India T20 and ODI series, England's T20 and ODI squads for their series against South Africa, WBBL and BBL fixtures for season 2022-23, and South Africa pulling out of their ODI series with Australia. It's the Dibbly Dobbly podcast, and let's get started. Let's kick off this cricket roundup and talk about the ICC World Test Championship, and let's update everyone on how all the teams are going in this WTC cycle. Um, It's quite interesting. Uh, The race for the top two teams is heating up. Um, So let's have a look at the table and see where everyone's placed. After the completed series between England and New Zealand, England and India, Sri Lanka and Australia. So after all those test series have been completed, let's have a look at the table and see where everyone is placed at this point in time. South Africa have taken top spot on the table. Australia have slipped down to second because of their loss in the second test against Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, after their brilliant win in the second test against Australia, have moved up to third place on the table. Pakistan are in fourth place. India, with their loss against England and uh, points being taken off because of slow overrate during that test match at Edgebaston, find themselves in fifth place on the WTC table, making their um, challenge for the top two even harder because of those points deduction because of overrates. Um, the West Indies are in sixth place. England have done pretty well since the resurgence of England with their test side in terms of Basball and Brendan McCullum, Ben Stokes making a difference. They find themselves in seventh place on the WTC table. They've gone off the bottom um, since Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum took over, which is good for them. Uh, they're in seventh place. New Zealand is probably the one big disappointment in this WTC thus far. The defending WTC champions find themselves in second to last place on the table. It hasn't been a great WTC for New Zealand. Um, so they're in eighth place. And last but not least is Bangladesh, which are on the bottom of the table. So that's where everyone's placed at the moment. It looks quite interesting to see who does finish in the top two. You think South Africa and Australia are favourites at this stage, but anything can happen. There's still plenty of cricket to be played over the next few months. Um, Obviously, South Africa, Australia, Sri Lanka, Pakistan and India are the top teams that could challenge each other for those final two places in the WTC table. Um, Obviously, the West Indies, England, New Zealand, Bangladesh are pretty much out of it. So Sri Lanka, Pakistan... India, Australia, and South Africa, they're pretty much the teams who will be contesting those final two places in the WTC to play in that final at Lords next year. Now, we've got some upcoming series um, to contest the WTC. That is against Sri Lanka and Pakistan and England and South Africa. Those two series will be very important for those teams. Obviously, Sri Lanka and Pakistan... Third and fourth place on the table at the moment. Uh, Be looking to try and win some test matches in that series. Looking to get some points to 
uh, make a charge for those final two places on the table. And then you have England and South Africa. That will be a very interesting series for South Africa. Um, obviously, England are pretty much out of the contention to play in the finals. Uh, to, sorry, to play in the final of the WTC. But South Africa, they need to win some test matches against England. It's not going to be easy. We know how England are playing at the moment. They're going to be hard to beat at home. Um, as we saw in that series against uh, New Zealand and India, they're going to be hard to beat at home, England. So for South Africa, if they want to keep their place in the top two, they will need to win some test matches in that three-game test series against England. It's not going to be easy. So it's going to be very interesting to see where the teams do finish after those series against Sri Lanka and Pakistan, England and South Africa. It'll be very interesting to see where the teams finish. But it's an interesting race for the WTC. It's not over yet. And there's still a lot of cricket to be played. You think at the moment, South Africa and Australia are favourites, but that can all change as we head into the the next few months and obviously heading into that final. Um, it could be two very different teams to the teams that we have at the moment in the top two. So it'll be very interesting to see who finishes in the top two and who contests that WTC final at Lords next year in June. Now, from WTC, let's talk about the ICC T20 World Cup qualifiers that are taking place at the moment in Zimbabwe. Now, Zimbabwe and the Netherlands have cemented their places in this year's T20 World Cup uh, in Australia in 2022. Um, so those are the two teams that have qualified and have taken the last two places in the qualifiers. Um, obviously, Zimbabwe, this will be their six T20 World Cup they will participate in. Their first since 2016. So it's great to see Zimbabwe back. The Netherlands, this will be their fifth T20 World Cup they will participate in. And obviously the, for the Netherlands, it's great to see them in back-to-back -back T20 World Cups. The Netherlands did take part in the last World Cup, which was last year in the UAE. And they would like a better result this time around because they weren't able to get out of the first uh, first round and make it into the Super 12s, the Netherlands. So they'll be hoping to do better in Australia. But Zimbabwe and the Netherlands thoroughly um, deserve their spots in the T20 World Cup. It's great to see them back um, again. It's great to see them um, in the T20 World Cup. Now, uh, both teams played in the two semifinals um, in the T20 World Cup qualifiers in Zimbabwe. Um, the first semi-final saw Zimbabwe versus Papua New Guinea. Zimbabwe won that semi-final by 27 runs. Uh, Zimbabwe batted first and made 5 for 199. Papua New Guinea, unfortunately, couldn't chase down the runs. They finished on 8 for 172. The second semi-final saw the Netherlands versus the USA, and the Netherlands won by 7 wickets. Uh, the USA batted first and made 138 all out. Uh, the Netherlands chased down the runs with ease, finishing on... Three for 139. So Zimbabwe and the Netherlands will face off in the final of the T20 World Cup qualifiers in Zimbabwe to determine um, the final group assignments for the opening round in Australia. Now, the winner of the final will spend the opening round in Hobart in Group B with Ireland, Scotland and the West Indies, while the, the loser of the final will head to Geelong in Group A against Namibia, Sri Lanka, and the UAE. So it'll be interesting to see who wins that final to determine where the both teams 
play in terms of either Group A or Group B. So that's pretty much what the final is, is pretty much deciding who plays in Group A and Group B at the end of the day. So that'll be interesting to see who wins that final between Zimbabwe and the Netherlands. It should be a good match in the T20 World Cup qualifiers final. Um, so that'll be an interesting match to watch and see who gets the victory. Now let's remind everyone about the teams taking part in this year's T20 World Cup. In the Super 12 stage, we have Australia, defending champions, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, England, India, New Zealand, Pakistan, and South Africa. That makes up the Super 12 uh, teams. And in the first round, we have Namibia, Sri Lanka, UAE, the Netherlands, Zimbabwe, Ireland, Scotland, and the West Indies. So that's pretty much the World Cup for this year in Australia. It's going to be an interesting T20 World Cup. Uh, but for the Netherlands and Zimbabwe, um, thoroughly deserved their uh, spots in the T20 World Cup this year in Australia. And hopefully they do well, and hopefully they could make it to the Super 12 stage and um, have a great result in the T20 World Cup. Now, from ICC T20 World Cup qualifiers, let's talk about England versus India and talk about the T20 International Series that just recently concluded. And let's talk about the ODI series, which is currently ongoing at this present time. Now, first of all, the T20 International Series, um, pretty much India won that 2-1 out of the best of three T20 Internationals. It was pretty much a one-sided affair from start to finish um, in that series. So India will be delighted to win the series 2-1. England, disappointing to lose the series 2-1, but they were able to win the last game and uh, get some pride back into the team after a, a very tough couple of games at the start of the series a quick reminder of what happened in the series the first t20 international was played at southampton india won by 50 runs man of the match was hardik pandya uh, the second t20 national at birmingham india won by 49 runs man of the match was benishwa kumar and the third and final t20 international from nottingham england won by 17 runs man of the match was reese topley benishwa kumar was named man of the series and that's how the series unfolded uh, between England and India in terms of the T20 side of things. Um, as I said, it was a good T20 series uh, victory for India. A lot of positives to come out of the series. Uh, pretty much a very one-sided affair, you have to say, at times. Um, for England, a bit disappointing. Obviously, Joss Butler uh, taking over as captain, obviously, from Owen Morgan, who recently retired. Not a good series to um, have your first captaincy experience for Josh uh, Butler. Obviously, very tough series as England captain, um, but that's the way captaincy goes. You either win some or you lose some. So for Butler, it's going to take a bit of time for him to get um, his captaincy across this team in terms of his style, in terms of how he wants to lead the team. Um, so it was a very heavily one-sided affair. Uh, so obviously a lot of questions for England to answer, especially heading into that T20 World Cup later on this year in Australia. For India, good signs. Obviously that their T20 side's um, playing well, winning games. So that's all good signs leading into a T20 World Cup later on this year in Australia. Now, as we mentioned that um, England and India are playing an ODI series as we speak, the series is locked at one all and it's been some interesting cricket. So let's recap what's happened in the series thus far. Uh, the first ODI was played at the Oval. India won by 10 wickets. It was a convincing victory in the end. 
Jasper Woomera was named man of the match, taking 6 for 19 in a wonderful spell of bowling. The second T20 national at Lords was a brilliant game, um, and it was a very good game. Um, England won by 100 runs. Reese Topley was named man of the match. He took 6 for 24. England were bowled out for 246, and they came back and they were able to bowl India out for 146 in 38.5 overs. That was just an unbelievable comeback from England. Um, after a very tough time of it with the bat in the first two games, they were able to find a way and bounce back in the second ODI, which is fantastic for them. So, the third and final ODI between England and India will be played at Old Trafford. That begins on Sunday, the 17th of July, um, to decide the series. So can India make a clean sweep of the limited over series against England? Can they uh, wrap up the ODI series and win that? Or can England bounce back after losing the T20 series 2-1 to England? Can they bounce back and win the ODI series 2-1? It should be an interesting match. Um, obviously, both teams will be determined to win. But uh, as we've seen in this series, both teams have been good at times and been poor at times. So it'll be very interesting to see who wins this final um, ODI match of the series. Will it be England? Will it be India? We shall wait and see what happens on Sunday. Staying on England, let's talk about their squad that they've recently named for their ODI and T20 International Series against South Africa. Now, England have named their ODI and T20 squads for their upcoming series against South Africa. Let's have a look at their ODI squad. Butler, Ali, Bairstro, Kars, Sam Curran, Livingston, Craig Overton, Potts, Rashid, Root, Roy, Salt, Stokes, Topley, and Willie. Um, some talking points from the ODI squad. Matthew Potts, who's done pretty well in Test cricket for England of late, has earned his first call-up to the ODI squad, while Harry Brook has been left out of the ODI squad for this series against South Africa. Let's have a look at their T20 squad. Butler, Ali, Bairstro, Brook, Sam Curran, Gleeson, Jordan, Livingston, Milan, Rashid, Roy, Salt, Topley, and Willie. Um, the big talking point from this series is that uh, Ben Stokes will not be a part of the T20 international squad uh, for the South Africa series. The ECB have decided to rest him uh, to manage his workloads, and he will not take part in the 100 as well. But he will take part in the ODI series, Ben Stokes, but not in the T20 international series for um, the series against South Africa. So England taking a cautious approach, managing his workloads, obviously, because Ben Stokes being test captain now, uh, the ECB got to manage him. So uh, that's the big talking point from the T20 squad. But you have a look at those squads. It's a pretty good squad on the ODI and T20 side of things. Um, a lot of talented players there, a lot of depth, a lot of talent that England have had. Obviously, England will be looking to put in a strong performance in these ODIs and T20s against South Africa, because obviously they have struggled against India in those T20s and ODIs at the moment, uh, which is a bit of concern from England. Obviously not really playing well, things aren't going right, but hopefully they'll be looking to bounce back and, and put in a convincing performance against um, South Africa. Now, a reminder to everyone about the ODI series. When does that start? Well, there's three ODIs. The first one starts on the 19th of July at Chester Lee Street, which is in Durham. The second ODI will be on the 22nd of July at Old Trafford at Manchester. 
And the third ODI will be on the 24th of July at Leeds. That's at Headingley. And the T20 National Series begins straight after that. The first T20 will be on the 28th of July in Bristol. The second T20 National will be on the 29th of July in Cardiff. And the third and final T20 National will be on the 31st of July in Southampton. So it's going to be a very interesting ODI and T20 series to watch and to see what England and South Africa do. But you think at home, given how England are very good in ODIs and T20s, South Africa, we all know what's happening with the situation with South Africa at the moment because they've pulled out of their ODI series against Australia. This ODI series for South Africa is very important because of qualification for the World Cup, obviously next year in India uh, with the ODI uh, Cricket World Cup Super League. So this ODI series for South Africa is very important, given that they've now pulled out of the series against Australia, which was meant to take place in January of next year. Unfortunately, Cricket South Africa said uh, we will not be playing that series. So it will be a very interesting ODI series to, to see what South Africa do in terms of that situation. But um, obviously at home, you think England will win those series quite comfortably. Let's talk about Australian cricket news and let's talk about the Women's Big Bash League and the Big Bash League fixtures uh, for season 2022-23. So both of those competitions have announced their fixtures in recent days. I thought we'd just talk about those two competitions and their fixtures and what are some of the, the key points to take away from both competitions in terms of their fixture for this summer coming up in Australia. Let's talk about the Women's Big Bash League. Now, Women's Big Bash League 08 will begin with the Brisbane Heat taking on the Sydney Sixers under lights in McKay on Thursday, October the 13th. And a total of 17 matches will be played in prime time, more than any previous season, while another 15 will be played in twilight spots. The competition will still retain its festival weekend structure with the regular season to conclude on November the 20th, and a week of finals to follow. For the first time in three years, matches will be staged in all six states, as well as the ACT, with a total of 14 metro and regional venues to host games during this WBBL 08 season. Cricket Australia's head of Big Bash, Alistair Dobson, said the WBBL evolving into more of a primetime competition is exactly what it merits, and it's a great evolution for the competition. I think those festival weekends have proven really popular and I think the players really enjoyed them and fans love being able to see lots of cricket on one weekend. But equally, in previous years, we've had smaller festivals midweek, which is what we've been able to uh, largely avoid this season and being able to move those midweek games into more standalone matches. More than ever, we've got one-off matches on on any individual night which just lends itself to sort of bigger crowds and bigger audiences ultimately i think it's one of the strongest schedules we've had if not the strongest since we moved to a standalone season um so that's great news to hear that the wbbl's moving more into prime time um and obviously um having those games in prime time slots which is fantastic for the women's game obviously cricket australia does tremendous work in terms of supporting women's cricket and the WBBL as well. Some other key points to take out from the fixture, as has been the case in previous years, fans in Australia 
will be able to watch all 59 matches live and free on either the 7 Network or cricket.com.au. Of those, 24 will be televised on free-to-air on 7 and simulcast on Fox, while the remaining matches will be shown on Foxtel and KO Sports and also live stream on cricket.com.au. Games will also be broadcast on ABC Radio. Um, also, the primetime um, sort of stance that the WBBL has taken, moving more games into primetime, the move towards more primetime matches follows the success of last year's final at Optus Stadium, where 15,511 people saw the Perth Scorchers claim their maiden WBBL title, smashing the previous highest attendance at a standalone WBBL match of 5,650 in Mackay in WBBL 4. A combined average audience of 535,000 tuned in. The decider across TV and streaming platforms, ellipsing the 506,000 audience for the WBBL 4 final. So it's great to see that the WBBL and Cricket Australia are moving more into prime time. Um, obviously on television, of course, making sure everyone can watch the games. So it's fantastic. So I always look forward to the WBBL. I think it's a great tournament in terms of the women's game. Um, it's one of the best tournaments in the world. And um, really looking forward to seeing the best players in Australia and also the best women's players from around the world as well take part in the WBBL season this season. So a reminder of when the season starts, um, October the 13th to November the 27th. Mark those dates in your calendar and let us know in the comments down below which games are you going to attend during WBBL 08. We would love to hear your thoughts on that. But um, yeah, it's sure to be a great WBBL season. Really looking forward to it and uh, may the best team win. Now let's talk about the Big Bash League and their fixture for this season in 2022-23. Now the BBL has revealed its fixture for the 12th edition of the BBL with a return to its traditional mid-December start date and a full seven-match home schedule for each of the eight clubs. Um, Canberra will launch BBL 12 when Marta Oval hosts the Sydney Thunder and the Melbourne Stars on Tuesday, December the 13th, which is the day after Australia's day-night test against the West Indies at the Elode Oval is scheduled to finish. Adelaide cricket fans won't have to wait that long for their next home game with the Strikers to host the Sydney Sixers the following day in a rematch of last season's nail-biting challenger final. The Sixers also don't have to wait long to avenge their WBBL, sorry, their BBL 11 grand final defeat with the Perth Scorchers to open their season with a blockbuster rematch at Optus Stadium on Saturday, December the 17th, which will be their first game at home in 374 days. The regular season concludes on Wednesday, January the 25th with a double header between the Hobart Hurricanes and the Brisbane Heat at the University of Tasmania Stadium in Launceston and the Melbourne Stars and the Sydney Thunder at the MCG will wrap up the BBL season. Uh, the Eliminator, Qualifier and Knockout Finals will be held from January the 27th to the 29th with the Challenger and Decider to take place the following weekend on February the 2nd and 4th of February, the fifth time in six years that the season will finish in the second year of the month. 
Now, it is understood that the BBL officials considered a range of options around the season in terms of its duration and length, but existing commitments and team travel patterns meant the end result is that BBL 12 is only a day shorter from start to finish than BBL 11. Uh, Cricket Australia's general manager of Big Bash Leagues, Alistair Dobson, said, The reality is this is about as compressed as the season could be at the same time as having a really good flow. He said, he then goes on to say, it feels like we have a pretty solid footprint for the competition and there's no day-night test matches in the WBBL, uh, sorry, in the BBL 12 window. We've scheduled it in a way where that the first week of matches is pretty strategic around school and summer holidays and still finishing the regular season before the end of January, which is always an important objective for us. He then goes on to say, I do like the rhythm then of the big build-up to the finals each weekend with Friday, Saturday, Sunday into a Thursday, Saturday final. After a few years of that final system, it's starting to take shape and be a good end to the season. So some of the key points here from the WBBL, uh, sorry, from the BBL fixture, I should say, um, in terms of uh, making sure that uh, more games are played um, throughout the season. Um, pretty much they've considered some changes uh, but basically it's still the same length as it as it was last season. So that's the main concern with the Big Bash is the length and duration of the season. A lot of people do not like the length and duration of the season. So it'll be interesting to see how this season goes. Obviously with South Africa pulling out of the ODI series against um, Australia, which was meant to take place in January, that does free up a lot of the international players to take part in the BBL season. Now, after the Sydney New Year's test from January the 4th to the 8th, all of Australia's best cricketers will have the opportunity to play in the Big Bash League in what shapes um, as a huge boost for the competition. Uh, players like, um, you know, Aaron Finch, Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stornis, Adam Zampa, Mitchell Marsh, um, Usman Kawaja, you got Alex Carey, uh, the likes of David Warner, Steve Smith, Josh Hayeswood, Marnus Labashane, Travis Head and Cameron Green... Um, all of those players do have the opportunity to play uh, for their BBL clubs. But Warner, Smith, Hazelwood, Labashane, Head and Green, um, those test players are without a BBL contract. So it be interesting to see if they um, get picked up by any BBL clubs this season. Um, Mitchell Stark and Pat Cummins have already ruled themselves out of BBL 12. They've said, well, we want to prioritise international cricket, obviously. And with a big test tour to India coming up next year, They've prioritised that, which is their decision, and, and it's probably the right decision at the end of the day. Um, also, another a key point from the fixture, that the BBL this year will have 17 grounds that will host matches across the country, including three new venues um, this year. Laventine Sports Ground in Albany, Kalalee Stadium in Cairns, and North Sydney Oval to host home matches for the Thunder, Heat, and the Sixers, respectively, whereas Coffs Harbour... Geelong, Metricon Stadium, Marnica Oval, University of Tasmania Stadium in Launceston, and the Junction Oval will again host BBL fixtures, along with the eight traditional home stadiums. So those are some of the key points and some of the key takeaways from the BBL 12 fixture this season. And it'll be quite interesting to see how this BBL season goes. Obviously, the BBL this year have introduced a draft um, which is encouraging international players to come in, sign up for the draft, and hopefully that will get the numbers back 
in the BBL. But obviously, the fixture is still long. It's still um, a very long summer um, season. Obviously, with the um, international players, that could make a difference with them coming back this season. So, be an interesting BBL 12. Let us know in the comments down below which matches are you looking forward to, which matches are you going to attend. We'll like to know your thoughts in the comments. A reminder of the BBL that starts on December 13th and ends on February the 4th. Now, to finish off this cricket roundup today, let's talk about the big talking point from the week in the cricketing world. And that's South Africa's decision to pull out of the ODI series against Australia. Now, this is a big talking point in the cricketing world, and it just shows that Cricket South Africa's priorities are sort of muddled up a bit. But anyway, to let's try and break down what has happened. And let's try and do that. I'll, I'll do that to the best of my ability here. So stay with me, everyone. It's going to be a long explanation of why this has occurred. So anyway, let's go back to the very beginning. South Africa have decided to pull out of their ODI series against Australia, which was a three-match ODI series, which was included in the ODI Cricket World Cup Super League in Australia in January of next year. Um, this decision has sparked debate about the changing global landscape of the sport, and it's also put the qualification process for next year's World Cup in India firmly into focus, especially for South Africa. Now, in statements released by Cricket Australia and Cricket South Africa, have accepted the cancellation of the series would see 30 ODI Super League points that were on offer awarded to Australia a further boost to their hopes of direct qualification for the 10-team uh, ICC ODI World Cup in India in 2023. The ICC is yet to rubber stamp this decision, but doing so would put further pressure on South Africa, who were already in genuine danger of failing to qualify for the World Cup automatically in 2023. Now, for those who are new to cricket and are wondering what is the ODI Super League all about, I'll explain that quickly. The ODI Super League, for those who are just coming into cricket or for those who have just heard it for the third, uh, first time, the ODI Super League was launched in 2020 and it is a part of the ICC's attempt to add context and relevance to ODI bilateral series. So sort of like the WTC in Test Cricket, it's adding uh, something context and relevance to ODI bilateral series. So with this system, it means qualification for the World Cup is no longer guaranteed for any team except for the host nation. Now, the next World Cup is in India next year, so India will automatically qualify. So the ODI Super League consists of 12 full-member ICC countries, and including one associate member, which is the Netherlands. That makes up 13 teams in the league. Um, each team will play eight three-match series over a two-year period, four at home and four away, with each game worth 10 points. So you play three games, three games are worth 10 points each, so therefore it adds up to 30 points for the series. At the end of the two-year cycle, only the top seven teams plus India, the host nation, remember, will automatically qualify for the World Cup next year, in 2023. The five teams that miss out on the top eight will be forced into a secondary 10-team qualifier tournament 
to be held in Zimbabwe next year, where only the top two teams will qualify for the World Cup. And that's going to be a very tense tournament in Zimbabwe. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But that's pretty much what the ODI Super League is about, basically. So what are the consequences for South Africa here? Why have they made this decision and what are the consequences here? Well, basically, to put it simply, South Africa have lost too many games that they would have expected to win in this ODI Super League. From the 13 Super League matches so far, South Africa have won only four times, including a defeat to Ireland, while two games against lower-ranked opponents in Ireland and the Netherlands have been declared a no result, costing them valuable points. Four of their seven defeats have come at home to Pakistan and Bangladesh, and with series to come against India and England, they also have two games against the Netherlands. They currently sit in 11th position, well outside the automatic qualification spots. Now, you'd be asking, given how desperate they are and struggling to qualify automatically for the World Cup, why did they decide to cancel uh, the ODI series against South Africa, uh, sorry, against Australia in January. Well, basically, cricket, uh, cricket South Africa have taken a calculated risk. Even if South Africa don't qualify automatically for the World Cup, they will finish in the top two in Zimbabwe next year in that World Cup qualifier tournament and yet um, still make it to India. But that is a bit of a risk that they are willing to take. Basically, the reasons why they cancelled touring Australia for that ODI series is basically Cricket South Africa's focus this January is launching their new domestic T20 league for the third attempt. Uh, This is the third attempt they've been trying to launch this new T20 domestic league in South Africa, which it hopes it will secure the sport's financial future in South Africa. Deciding that the nation's leading players are vital to the new competition's success, their potential absence due to the ODI series in Australia, which was meant to be played between January the 12th to the 17th, was deemed to be unacceptable. Hence, they have withdrawn from the tour. While it means sacrificing 30 crucial Super League points at a time where South Africa can't afford any slip-ups, Cricket South Africa have effectively decided to take their chances in the qualifier tournament. Now, the chairman of Cricket South Africa has said, and this is what he said to ESPN Crick Info, and I quote what he said, I quote, Given our situation on the points table, we knew it would be a tough ask to qualify. We would have liked the opportunity to automatically qualify, but if we have to go to the qualifiers, that's what we have to do. The players know what's at stake. A World Cup is the pinnacle of a career. So that's what the chairman of Cricket South Africa said to ESPN Crick Info about this decision. Now, it's also worth raising this point, is that um, pointing out that simply playing the series is no guarantee that South Africa would have picked up any points against Australia anyway. The decision to cancel this series is effectively the same as a 3-0 series win to Australia in this series which would have been possible even if the games had gone ahead. And given their poor start to the Super League and the quality of teams they are yet to play, South Africa could still miss out automatic 
qualification, even if they had picked up points against Australia in this ODI series, if the series went ahead. Now you're asking, surely a team like South Africa would qualify in that qualifier tournament in Zimbabwe with the top two teams. On paper, you would say yes, but the gap between full member nations and the so-called smaller teams is closing quickly. Already in the ODI Super League, we have seen Ireland beat the West Indies twice, England and South Africa, while the Netherlands in turn beat Ireland 2-1 in a series last year. Now, outside of the Super League, teams like Scotland and Namibia are among the contenders to reach the qualifier tournament, having shown their wares in the 20-over game with victories over Bangladesh and Ireland, respectively, at last year's T20 World Cup. So while teams like South Africa and Sri Lanka would be favoured to advance if they were forced into the qualifier tournament, One little slip-up along the way could spell the end of their World Cup hopes. So that is the risk that Cricket South Africa are taking with pulling out of this ODI series against Australia. Now, what happens if South Africa don't qualify for the World Cup at all? Now, according to their chief executive, in the words of their chief executive, he said, and I quote, that will be a disaster, unquote. So financially failing to qualify for the World Cup means missing out on revenue participants can earn at a major event, while it could also hurt commercial opportunities for the future bilateral campaigns. On the field, the World Cup remains the pinnacle of the white ball game, and given South Africa are yet to win the ultimate prize, another four years of waiting would be devastating to this proud cricketing nation. Now we all know South Africa's heartache in World Cups. We all know what happened in 1992 against that, against England in that semi-final at the SCG. We all know what happened in 1999 against Australia in that famous semi-final at Edge Bastion, in that famous tied semi-final. Um, this would, you know, be devastating for South Africa if they not been able to participate in a World Cup. Um, obviously, you're wondering. Um, Who else misses out um, in terms of qualification, automatic qualification for the World Cup? Well, basically, the Netherlands, Zimbabwe and Ireland um, are currently on the bottom of the table as we speak. But other countries like Sri Lanka, who've won six games from their, who've won six games from 18 matches, and the West Indies have won eight from 21 games, have also dropped plenty of points and could find themselves in the qualifier tournament next year, potentially against South Africa as well. On the other side of things, teams like Bangladesh, who have won 12 wins, uh, 12 games, sorry, from 18 games, and Afghanistan, 10 wins from 12 games, are flying pretty well at the moment on the ODI Super League table and are on track to gain automatic qualification, which is fantastic for Bangladesh and Afghanistan. So that's what's at stake. So this decision is really a big risk that South Africa are taking. Now, you ask yourself the question, what are the consequences for Australia? What does it mean if South Africa didn't tour or are not touring and not playing this ODI series? Well, basically for Australia, they are the big winners from this. They don't really lose anything. In terms of ODI Super League points, Australia are already in a good spot anyway. Now, they would gain 30 more points from this South Africa series that's not taking part, Uh, Obviously, 
They'll gain those 30 points because South Africa have forfeited the series, essentially. And that will strengthen their position in the ODI Super League table. Now, currently, Australia sit in 8th place, which is the cut-off point for automatic qualification. But they've only played 12 matches so far. And they'll be favourites to pick up more points in their upcoming ODI series against Zimbabwe in the Australian summer. And also against New Zealand as well in the Australian summer. And then, obviously, they're scheduled to finish the ODI Super League with three matches against Afghanistan, which will be next year, um, sometime next year. So Australia gain a lot from this series. They don't lose anything. It's South Africa that loses a lot. And basically, this decision is a risky decision. Now, as a result of the series being cancelled, um, it does allow some of the uh, main players, the, the test players, the international players that play for Australia... It does, it does allow them to play in the BBL since the, uh, the schedule's being freed up now. Um, obviously, as a result of South Africa not touring, Cricket Australia had to make some changes to their um, international calendar. As a result of the South Africa series being cancelled, Australia, their T20 match against the West Indies, which was meant to be played on October the 7th, has been moved to Metricon Stadium to the Gabba, while the first match of the T20 International Series against England on October the 9th will be played at the Perth Stadium instead of the Gabba. And also the Australian women's um, second T20 International against Pakistan at Manukau Oval, scheduled for January the 27th, has been also brought forward a day and moved to uh, Bill Reeve Oval to ensure Hobart hosts an Australian team this summer. So those are some of the changes that uh, Cricket Australia had to make in terms of the cancellation of the series. But at the end of the day, it is a big risk from South African cricket. Um, is it worth it? Is it worth promoting the T20 League in South Africa compared to qualifying for a World Cup? That's why a lot of people are starting this debate and, and, and that's why a lot of people are, are talking about it because it is a big decision to make. Uh, we shall see what happens with how it goes, will it pay off for South Africa? It may not. We, we shall see what happens come that qualifying tournament next year in Zimbabwe because if they lose that, they could be not playing in the World Cup in 2023. But it is a very um, risky decision, but let's see if it does pay off for South Africa. It may not, it may pay off, it may not. But it's a big risk that Cricket South Africa have taken and we shall see what happens uh, come that qualifying tournament in Zimbabwe. That's our recap of all the cricketing news that's happened in the cricketing world. Let us know in the comments down below. We would love to hear what you have to say on the WTC, the ICC T20 World Cup qualifiers in Zimbabwe, England and India's T20 and ODI series, England's T20 and ODI squads for their series against South Africa, WBBL and BBL fixtures for season 2022-23, and South Africa pulling out of their ODI series against Australia. We would love to hear what you have to say in the comments. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get the latest episodes of the podcast, and like and share our Facebook page, and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Also, the podcast is now available on Anchor, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, keep safe and... Bye for now.